Welcome to All About Boys, a podcast that explores the mind and hearts of boys, who they are, and what they need from the adults in their lives. All About Boys is hosted by David Thomas, a licensed counselor, speaker, and author in Nashville, Tennessee. All About Boys is part of the Rooted family of podcasts. Rooted is a ministry that's focused on advancing gospel-centered youth ministry. To learn more, visit our website, www.rootedministry.com. Here's your host, David Thomas. Welcome back to All About Boys. I'm David Thomas. I'm honored you join me again as we talk about different aspects of a boy's life. In past episodes, we focused our attention on a boy's relationships with his mom and dad and also with his friends. This week, I'd love to look at his relationships with girls, how he relates to the opposite sex, whether in friendship or in the context of dating. As we think about his relationships with girls, let's revisit some important milestones within his social development. In my book, Are My Kids on Track?, we define four social milestones we want to see kids progressing toward throughout development. I want to define those again and highlight some of the differences in boys and girls, how they progress toward these as we think about his relationship with girls. So the four social milestones are awareness, reciprocity, ownership, and boundaries. Let's talk about each of those for a quick minute. Awareness. Generally speaking, boys are going to be a little less aware. Girls are going to be hyper aware, where it's easier for him to miss some of what's going on in the room. Her antenna is incredibly high, absorbing so much of what's going on in a room. Now, hear me say with each of these milestones, as we discussed with the emotional milestones, there are exceptions to every rule. I've certainly met plenty of boys who were extremely aware, and I've, I've met some girls who struggled with awareness, but generally speaking. So as we discuss each of these, think about your sons individually as you know him. The second milestone is the milestone of reciprocity. And reciprocity is really just a big fancy word for the give and take of relationship, the back and forth, the fact that every healthy relationship is a two-way street. So think a bit about it like the game of tennis. We know that you know for the game of tennis to flow, it's going to be back and forth movement. But there are some boys who get roadblocked with reciprocity and they don't know how to carry the relationship or the conversation forward. I've known adult men who talk way too long about themselves. I was at a dinner party at one point seated next to one who's a brilliant man, highly successful vocationally, but talked nonstop about himself from the time the dinner party started until the end. I remember getting up from the table and thinking, I don't think this gentleman even knows my name. He certainly doesn't know a thing about me. And so that's a snapshot of where a boy could get roadblocked with reciprocity. The third social milestone is the milestone of ownership. Boys can struggle a lot in this space. I 
talked not long ago about where boys can get stuck between blame and shame. They're either pointing the finger outward at someone else or they're stuck in self-contempt. It's either somebody else's fault or I'm such an idiot. And so learning to take ownership, learning to clean up my side of the street, that's such an important skill within his social development. And again, a place where a lot of boys can get roadblocked. The research would tell us that when something goes wrong in a boy's life, he is much more vulnerable to blaming something, blaming someone else. When something goes wrong in a girl's life, she's much more likely to blame herself. So keep that in mind even as we talk about him within the context of relationships with the opposite sex. The fourth milestone is the milestone of, of boundaries. And, and within that chapter of the book, when we talk about this milestone, we talk about how in relationships, generally speaking, boys are going to struggle more with respecting boundaries. Girls are generally going to struggle more with setting boundaries. Again, exceptions to every rule, but think uniquely about your son. So let's talk for a few minutes about three areas of struggle and then three areas of support as we think about his relationships with the opposite sex. So first area would be competition. I've discussed before the role that competition can play and how boys relate to others. Boys are competitive by nature, some more than others. Let me state again right here at the beginning, I am a strong advocate for youth sports. I think it is an ideal context for boys developing needed skills, learning to be a teammate, experiencing victory and loss, and the much-needed outlet for his boundless energy, and once in adolescence, a great physical release for the buildup of testosterone in his system. In summary, sports are a great outlet for so many different reasons, including his hunger for competition. However, if it is the only context where he exists, if an athletic context is where he spends 99% of his time, he can develop relational strategies around winning and one-upping. It becomes more instinctive for him to be against someone than for them. Every person in his life can become a competitor in some way. Boys can begin to focus on dominating, even in conversation. I have known adolescent boys, for example, who loved the pursuit of dating but found themselves bored with it after a short time. It was all about the quote-unquote win of getting a girl's attention, and then he lost interest. So all of that shared to say, as I've said before and I'd say again, he needs diverse opportunity to fully develop, not just competitive context but also collaborative and service opportunities. It's good to assess and reassess his involvement at all different points throughout development to make sure it's not one-dimensional. Again, for how this impacts his overall development and certainly how it influences his relationships with the opposite sex. Secondly, with the slower development of awareness, boys can easily miss cues, verbal cues and especially nonverbal cues. It's more difficult for them to read subtle nonverbal cues and will require some additional coaching in this space. So, for example, toddler age boys can tend to stand too close, talk too loud. They're lacking awareness of space, volume, and proximity. Adolescent boys can interrupt, struggle to make eye contact. 
They can mumble. They can, as we discussed with reciprocity, forget to ask questions or turn the conversation toward the other person. They can easily miss cues that girls are giving them around calling or texting too much. I've had countless boys' parents report that they got that feedback from a girlfriend's parents that he was over-texting, that he was missing her cue or her request to call less. So these cues of communication can be a barrier. He can also miss cues or communication around their physical relationship as well. So practicing with moms and sisters is key. It's, I've talked before about how role play is an experiential practice and boys are experiential learners. So we can role play the different messages, the different cues, verbal and nonverbal cues that girls might be giving boys at different points that he could be, again, sometimes without even intending to, plowing right over. So I want to challenge mom's listening and and I love when boys have older sisters particularly in adolescence where you know they have had a little more life experience and can speak into some of the things that are coming like asking girls to dances homecomings proms those sorts of things we'll talk a little more in detail about that as we go forward but role play these different moments role play picking her up for a date and introducing himself to her parents, role play seating her for dinner, role play checking in on her comfort and enjoyment throughout the time spent together, role play conversation. Boys often need coaching and understanding how girls could interpret relationship differently. What he may interpret as a good friendship, for example, she may see as the beginning of dating. So we just want to do some good concrete, clear coaching with boys around communication and expectation. Thirdly, along those lines, boys are going to need some additional coaching in the balance of relationship. I often talk about the importance of boys maintaining healthy friendships with guys when they begin a dating relationship with a girl. It's easy for him to over-devote himself to one dating relationship. And in terms of his overall social development, he still needs relationships with his buddies. If a boy is spending 90% of his free time with one girl and 10% with all of his guy friends, the equation is off. No different than if he were only devoting... 10% of his life to sleep. It's just out of balance. And so he's going to need you to help him with assessing that. And he may need, again, a little more coaching in that space. So along those lines, let's move towards some practices of support. When it comes to dating, there is certainly much to consider. And just the idea of that word, I think, can trigger fear for many parents. I want to challenge you to consider dating a great practice context for helping him develop skills for all future relationships. So it's not something that we necessarily have to fear. Again, he's going to lead a not, he's going to need a lot of coaching and preparation for that experience, but it doesn't have to be something that we dread as parents. So much like driving, He cannot become a skilled driver without having opportunity to be behind the wheel of a car. In fact, there are a number of comparisons to be made between dating and driving when it comes to adolescent boys. 
There is a reason in the United States that we've decided the earliest age to get your driver's license is 16. And before you can even get a license, before you're eligible, you need a permit. A student has to spend their 15th year of life driving only with an adult, someone who can offer coaching and feedback. Then and only then are you eligible to test for your license. We've decided 16 is far enough along in brain development to be able to handle the skills necessary to be safe on the road. Now, notice I said far enough along. (laughs) I didn't necessarily say completely ready. He's never completely ready to drive a car, but he's far enough along at that age. We've decided as a country... You've heard me talk extensively about brain development on this podcast. You've even heard me say his frontal lobes won't finish developing until sometime around the early to mid-20s. We aren't looking for finished development when we think about him dating just far enough along, and that's going to be different for every boy. That's why when I'm asked, like, give a definite age that he's ready. That's going to be different for every boy, just like with driving. Some boys are going to be more than ready. Some boys are going to need a little bit longer before they're prepared. But think about less about the age and more about skills. That's what I'd want to challenge you to think about as you really think about where your son is within his development. I would encourage you to adopt a very similar mentality to dating and driving. Now, hear me say this. He can certainly like a girl at any age. He might even call her his girlfriend. But as far as dating, being one-on-one with a girl for an extended period of time, well, he needs an adult who can drive to make that happen, first of all, wherever that might happen. So don't get caught up in the semantics. Do prioritize your support of when he seems far enough along. I've had a lot of parents over the years who report that their, for example, fifth grade son announces that he has a girlfriend and they get all caught up and you're not ready for a girlfriend and all of what that means. And I've even seen parents go toe-to-toe with boys in what turns out to be not a very fruitful experience around, again, just this language. He may call a certain relationship a dating relationship, but he needs you to take him on a date until he is of driving age, until he's far enough along as we're talking. So, With all that shared, just with driving, if you let him try and he tanks the experience in some way, pull the reins back in and create new limits. It grieves me that we give so much attention to the timing and readiness of driving and so little to his readiness and the enormous responsibility in caring for another life through dating. So let's focus in in some similar and important ways. Secondly, consider having him attend School-sponsored events like homecoming and prom, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, are no different than driver's ed. It's practice ground for developing the skills to manage a relationship. I can honestly say that at no point in time in all the years I've been doing this work have I seen evidence of how few boys are interested in attending school-sponsored dances like homecoming and prom who are even interested in dating. In fact, I'm even seeing more and more boys who aren't all that interested or motivated to get their driver's license. And that is heartbreaking to me to think about these significant milestones that he doesn't have some passion and energy and motivation around. I have a lot of theories about the why of that. That's another podcast. But 
I would simply say, as we think about it within practice ground, he needs these opportunities. The experience of creating a memorable experience of contacting a girl's dad and asking permission to take her to the prom, the actual ask itself and making plans for dinner and the remainder of the evening. He needs all of those experiences again to prepare him well for all future relationships with females. Thirdly, dating is also a context for helping boys fine-tune some skills, and I would add to that, kick some bad habits. I think that girls can help boys grow up in a lot of ways, giving direct feedback on everything from grooming to study habits, substance abuse, and even interactions with his parents. I have heard countless boys in my office over the years report that a girl told them things like, I'm not interested in being with someone who talks to their mother like that, because who's to say you won't do that with me once you're comfortable enough in this relationship, which will get a boy's attention. I've known girls who have even told their boyfriends to go to counseling and deal with their anger. I've known girls who've told their boyfriends they need to get their grades up because they aren't dating a guy who doesn't have passion and purpose. Even even girls who told guys they needed to shave more often, get a haircut, or remember how to take a shower after sports practice. So boys are going to get a lot of feedback within the context of relationship, and depending on the girl, more feedback in some relationships. I would argue that most every adult man I know who is married would say they did a good deal of growing up in the first 10 years of marriage with a lot of feedback from their wives. So I think the beginnings of that can happen in some useful ways within the context of dating. It is not uncommon by high school for boys to prefer relationships with girls because they find them easier to talk with and observe it's more natural to open up with them sometimes. I think boys often discover that girls don't want up in conversations. They don't fall back on sarcasm as often. They certainly don't laugh when they share something vulnerable. And so I think there becomes a safety within those relationships that they experience different than some of what they oftentimes experience with their male peers. At whatever point he finds his way to this relationship, he needs a steady guide. Much like with driving, he doesn't need someone shouting commands from the passenger seat, but giving feedback and offering ideas. When he makes mistakes, he needs limits, not a lecture. He needs coaching and opportunity, natural consequences so he can make the necessary connections as he takes steps forward. Let's offer that to the young men in our care. Thank you for continuing to carve out time for these conversations on behalf of the boys and young men in your life. In the next episode, I will be answering some of your questions about boys, and I look forward to having that time with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of All About Boys with David Thomas. If you know someone else who would benefit from resources like these, we invite you to help us serve others by sharing this podcast on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing to All About Boys with David Thomas wherever you listen to podcasts. 
For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for the music on this podcast. This podcast is made available to you by the Rooted Ministry for educational purposes only, not to provide specific therapeutic advice. The views expressed are the personal perspectives of the author and do not represent the views of all counselors or of the counseling profession. This podcast does not create a counselor-client relationship and should not be used as a substitute for competent therapeutic counsel from a licensed professional in your state.